Hey everybody, this is Kevin Couchman with the podcast Get This. It's the show about things people love and I'm coming to you from the St. Paul studio in the building across from the homeless encampment that's being dismantled as we speak on Monday, December 21st in the foul, foul, foul year of our Lord 2020. And I'm joined by Harley, who is a, a podcaster, a personality, an internet personality in her own right. Um, Harley, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm just uh, back from a couple weeks in Austin and uh, here in the, the St. Paul winter, we were trying to avoid lockdown, but they just re-upped lockdown oh in, in yeah. a different way. I'm sure we'll get into it. But um, <laughs> so, you know, this is the show about things people love. What is it you love? What is it you want to talk about? We'll go for about an hour. I just kind of want to get to know you a little more. I was on your show. Maybe we can start talking about that. So tell people uh, about your show. Yeah. Uh, so for those listening, yeah, he was on um, the podcast that I have with my co-host who goes by Nev and it's called uh, Red Letter, Yellow Letter. Basically, we just kind of discuss uh, more anarchist, agorist, et cetera, views and morals, ethics, et cetera. We get different people on to sort of, you know, tell us about what they feel regarding certain subjects or sometimes we just kind of wing it, goof around, you know, it's not all serious all the time, but it's, it's a fairly new podcast. Um, so that's, that's kind of more of a, one of my many side projects, one of my, one of my one, two, way too many side projects that I do in general. Yeah. And you're pretty active on Twitter too. You have an interesting, interesting handle. What's the, what's the Twitter <laughs> handle? Uh, yeah, my Twitter handle is rebel scum Han, which <laughs> is a, it's, it's a, it's a play on, you know, some rebel scum, anarchist, blah, blah, blah. And it's a play on my um, birth name, actually. So yeah, All right. it's puns and Star Wars references. And right. But you also use this cryptid bartender uh, handle too, don't you? Yeah, but that's for something uh, really different. I actually kind of try to keep those a little bit separate, to be honest. Um, you know, a lot of people who uh, follow my main Twitter. They they know about the cryptid bartender stuff, and that's fine. But I try to kind of keep cryptid bartenders separate from my main because mm -hmm. it is a little more offensive <laughs> to <laughs> other people who don't understand where I'm coming from in regards to my ethical, moral, etc. beliefs. So, mm -hmm. but and, yeah, um, cryptid, yeah, go on. I was gonna say the cryptid bartender. Yeah, that is kind of my uh, my main side project. I'd say you know I said I have like quite a few, but that is one of my main focuses for sure. Right, and we have the for people who are listening right behind you. I see I see Sasquatch, and <laughs> I want to believe. And where in the world are you coming from? I believe I I know this, but for people listening, Arizona. Arizona. Uh, yeah. That's that's uh, how's the weather? Uh, today it's actually fairly warm. Not we have mm -hmm. you know lows of. 28 degrees and then we have highs of you know today is 77 i believe so oh well that yeah that's that's nice it's a little nice it's a little annoying to be oh really honest, it's just lizard you people don't know how you're supposed to dress you right. know it's like is it going to be cold is it going to be warm mm -hmm. like you can't make mm -hmm. up your mind but mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. well so what is it you want to talk about today i know you had some ideas you know in the in the intake what what's on what's top of mind for you uh, to be honest, I'd rather focus on the cryptid bartender stuff a little more because I kind of get asked to discuss liberty-related stuff almost every single time I'm on someone else's podcast. That's all they ever want to ask me, mm. and I end up answering the same questions every single time. It gets a little dry after a while. 
Well, so I mean, okay of course, you. yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about what you want to talk about. I mean, I can imagine that the liberty questions are something like, uh, are we free? No. Why aren't we free? <laughs> well, the elites have abandoned us, uh, et cetera. Not really, actually. Yeah. Mm. Not so much. They mm. often were asked uh, what, how I became... Uh, you know, the way, yeah, they asked about my backstory, which I've, I've gone over so many times at this point. I've said it on, on the very first episode of Red Letter, Yellow Letter, and I've also answered it on a few other podcasts as well. And then they, they always tie in the shutdowns and COVID because right. I'm a bartender, you know, mm -hmm. we're one of the okay. first people hit. So they always, right. always ask me about that. They always mm -hmm. ask about what the lockdowns and the police force is like down here in Arizona. Mm. So sure. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. hungry, hungry for that information. I totally get it, but we don't have to go into that. So, so, so tell me what the, what is the story behind cryptid bartender? You're a bartender. You're into cryptids. I assume <laughs> that's the, hopefully, right. Yeah, hopefully right. I'm not just grifting here. <laughs> no, uh, no, for sure. For sure. And a lot of people don't actually understand is um, funny enough how much my interest in the paranormal and cryptids, et cetera, actually ties into my current political beliefs and help kind of, they all, they all work together. And mm. my current, the current work with cryptid bartender kind of has particular goals in that same regard, which nobody ever asks me about, you know? Okay. So I'm going to talk about it right now, just to um, get it out of the way. <laughs> consider, consider yourself asked. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've, I've had a, early on backstory towards uh, distrusting authority, government, et cetera. I've had a lot of big wake up calls early on in, in my, in my childhood and all. And that kind of worked hand in hand with an interest in UFOs and cryptids and the paranormal and all, because as much as like, I did not believe all of it, you know, I, as a child, I wasn't really allowed to research those topics because I grew mm. up in a very fundamentalist mm -hmm. uh, type church. Like, sure. like, I mean, imagine like Jehovah's witness type strict, like type stri strict. Right. But okay. more. To be honest. Right. Was it, yeah. was it seventh day Adventist or what? No, what? no, no, it was like its own separate thing actually. It okay. Was like this, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of difficult to explain, but sure, um, sure. very old Testament based, mm -hmm. lots of Jewish influence actually mm -hmm. funny enough. Mm -hmm. So I was not allowed to, where Do where was that? Was that in Arizona? No, this is in California. Oh, in California. Yeah, okay. this is in California. And uh, boy, that that is that's quite intense because of course everybody has this idea that California is this because of the way they brainwash us with the blue and red garbage. You have this idea that California is this white, you know, blue washed liberal place, and it's no. I mean, it's how many? Oh no, it, it largely is. Of course, of course, but there oh, are yeah. Po yeah pockets of of other other things. Well, yeah, we. I, I was a minority. I really was a an absolute minority. Mm. Um, it, most people did not understand my beliefs at all because it was a church with a name, but it was one they never heard of before. Right, and they didn't understand why I was in the cafeteria asking, "What's in this meat product?" You're literally labeling the lunch as mystery meat. I can't eat pork. I need to know what's in it. Uh, I was a constant target. <laughs> you know, people mm, were like, what do you mean you can't eat pork? What do you mean you don't celebrate Christmas? So it, right. it always made me the weird kid. <laughs> I, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I we, I understand some of that. I grew up in North Dakota. We were Catholics, uh, you know, and I recall some of our, some of our neighbor kid friends, we got into an argument because they said, you're not Christians. 
And I thought they were just they were just confused. And it was only later that I realized that they were in some weird hyper Protestant sect that really says, no, 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 the Catholics are, are Satanists and blah, blah, blah. It oh, took wow. me a long time. to. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, there's there's yeah. no more anti-Catholic country in the world uh, than the United States, except for maybe the UK historically. Um, but but we weren't even we didn't even consider ourselves fringe. I mean, at least we had that institution as kind of a, a thing. People know what it is anyway. But yeah, I, I grew up around some people who were in some pretty serious, you know, I still even have very close friends who are somewhat estranged from family as a consequence of belonging to these kind of weird, weird sects. Is, is, is that, yes. is that the case with you? Are you, I don't mean to pry too much, but I mean, um, are you, yeah. Not so, I mean, it's a little awkward because parts of my immediate family are still part of that church and others mm. aren't including mm -hmm. myself, you know, and there's not like there's a bunch of clashing or anything like that by any means. Thank goodness. You know, we all kind of understand, okay, this is your personal choice. This is my personal choice. So as long as you don't affect my personal choice, then, you know, you do you and I do me. So it's, it's not too bad within the family. Thank goodness. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it as early on as a kid, it definitely helped me wake up to a lot of, strange a lot it made a lot of connections start to click um, yeah and and so you weren't allowed to study bigfoot and ufos and all these things oh, yeah. so i can only imagine that piqued your interest right you oh were, it totally yeah. it totally did i had my first ufo sighting when i was about eight years old oh and i was not allowed to my my, my biological father would absolutely not even humor the idea and right. i was not allowed to try wow. to look into what it could be it was like no it, 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 it the answer was Satan. The answer was right. just, it had to it's be Satan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, wow. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. So tell, yeah. tell me, tell us about this first UFO sighting. Um, basically I was just in my bedroom as a kid, just, you know, wanting to go to bed and I had a window right by my bed, you know, and I was, I've always just been a stargazer. And so I was just looking out, watching the stars, you know, and Nowadays, you can hardly see any stars in Sacramento, but back mm. then it wasn't oh, so bad. Okay. You know? My sister lives in Sacramento now. Yeah, but oh, gosh, go on. Yeah, mm -hmm. then, I, then I'm sure she knows. Yeah, it, it progressively got worse, mm. all the pollution, everything. Like, you can't see anything anymore. Mm. I mean, there are some pockets, right. but not so much in the city. And uh, I saw, yeah, I saw a light. And at first, it just looked kind of like a kind of a large star. And it started kind of dancing around in the sky and I knew it couldn't have been a plane I'm like you know that planes can't move that fast they can't maneuver that fast you know I, I, I most of my life I've grown up by an air force base of some kind mm. you know so mm -hmm. I, I knew this could not have just been a regular plane or something mm. and it stopped and then it turned into two lights like literally just split into two lights and they're both dancing around and then they kind of melded back together and split into three and this kept happening for a couple for a couple minutes until wow. they just stopped and shot straight in the air. Whoa. And the thing is, I saw this a second night. So it wasn't even just a one-time weird thing. I've seen it more than once. But my parents would absolutely not humor the idea. Wasn't allowed to look into it, wasn't allowed to do anything. So that just, of course, piqued my interest. I had a lot of other just sort of little seeds getting planted, making me like question authority in general. Hmm. Um when I was actually just telling a friend of mine last night, for instance, um, we, we had to be on food stamps, you know, and, and, and all that kind of stuff as, as kids. And I remember going to a food line, you know, like a food donation area, and they had all this food for us. And we had to put over half of it back because mm. it wasn't kosher. Oh, wow. But you're and not, not I, Jewish, like a weird. But... Kind of. 
Like, okay. I, I, I mean, we actually did days like Passover and everything. Like we mm-hmm. did do those, but right. we also still taught about Jesus and believed in Jesus and everything and called ourselves Christians. Like it okay. was, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, it's not a very well-known church. Hmm. And uh, two things came to my head at that point. One, I really doubt God would condemn a child for eating something that may or may not have traces of pork gelatin because it was, I remember like, you know, big bags of cereal, like of off-brand Lucky Charms type Mm. stuff, you know? And I'm like, Mm. I could just pick those out. Like who cares? You know, Mm. the other thing was how do you not, you know, knowing there's plenty of people that can't, you know, Muslim communities and Jewish communities, et cetera, knowing there are plenty of people who have to eat kosher in need of assistance. How do you not focus on getting things, Marcus kosher or without mm-hmm. gelatin ingredients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was both kind of like, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense on the church side, but this also doesn't make any sense on the government side. Both are not looking after me. Mm. Both are more focused on either ease or rules or whatever. When mm. This could have easily been remedied on both sides and nobody, the adults aren't doing it. So why is the six year old sitting here going, this could have been fixed. Right. Right. You know, so, well, this yeah, is, this is, yeah, this is something I think about a lot. Uh, you know, this idea that we had pumped into our brains in the eighties and the nineties that, Oh, teenagers are getting so certain. Of course, teenagers, it's an invention, you know, Madison Avenue invented it as a category. Right. But like teenagers, they get so they're so surly and they act out and everything. And then you, you look at, you know, the people who are raging and, and, and angry in the 80s and the 90s. Were you wrong? Were you wrong? I mean, now look at the system. It, 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 it's, it's a funny thing. It's like you look around and you go, this is, a, this is a total mess. But of course, the adults are so, you know, broken and homed in on yeah. whatever it is they have to focus on that you're just, I mean, children do see the world in a really fresh way. So I, I'm sympathetic to that. Yeah. Children pick up on a lot more than people realize. And that was my case. I was picking up on all these little things. Mm. I mean, I mean, to the, you know, I still believe in God for sure. I call myself non-denominational, but I don't associate with that church. And I, you know, there are just so many things as a kid are like, wait a minute. I just started questioning. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. This could have been fixed. Who are they to say I should do that? You know, it was just mm. all these questions. And the more I was confused about it, the more I wanted to hear other people's side of the story. And because I had my own early on paranormal experience that I wasn't allowed to look into, I wanted to hear other people's because I was silenced and I wanted to be that ear for others who might've been silenced, so to speak, or at least figure out some answers. I knew things were being hidden from me and I didn't want them to be hidden from me. I wanted Mm. to know what was going on. Mm. So all that, and it was all based in distrust. Yeah, It was all based in People are lying to me. People are hiding things from me. People are manipulating me. People are stopping me from knowing things I have a right to know. And so it just, I fell down the rabbit hole really early on. And (laughs) even though I didn't believe in most of it, Mm -hmm. I still Mm -hmm. had to hear it all because it was like, what if something, what if there's a shred of truth? Mm -hmm. And what if that shred of truth lines up with another shred of truth and another experience? And I just had to know it all. And the more I read and the more I read about, you know, about all these conspiracies and uh, people being silenced and being shut down or even killed, I'm like, oh my God, how can I trust anybody? How can I trust anyone that calls themselves authority? Right. You know? So yeah, it, it all kind of just tied together. How old were you at that point? I mean, you're... But at that point, 12. 12? And you're on the internet and doing this? Is, is that what's library, happening? Or internet, library, internet. Mm-hmm. Um, we got cable when I was 12 years old. So then I was shoved into late night history channel, you know, 
recording everything <laughs> on DVR. Like it was my obsession. It really was. We had like, you know, sometimes we'd have like school reports and we would be told, pick a subject, have a full on presentation, pick a subject. And I would have to go back and, and bullshit sources to cite because I had everything at the top of my head. Every uh, single name, date, right, fact, right, right. all of it. So I, I can imagine you were you were a fun uh, person to to follow into Barnes and Noble, right? You head right to the sort of mysterious, the occult section. You've got the uh, people would give me looks in the library. They see this like you know young girl and you know looking just total. I have like the worst like bitchy resting face when I'm focused mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I get this really stern like focused look. And I'm looking through all this UFO crap, and people would look at me like you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so yeah, but. It just, it just never stopped. And I, I mean, I was saying I can't trust the government. I was saying I can't trust politicians and all kinds of stuff so early on. Right. And that's kind of part of what I'm hoping to plant in the minds of a lot of my followers through Cryptid Bartender, actually. Okay. Um, now, a great deal of my followers, they already are in some way libertarian because, you know, friends supporting friends. And, sure, sure. You know, a lot of them are youth, little more, they're, they're more on the left so side, you know, because cryptids, et cetera, are really a fad right now, mm. very heavily mm -hmm. so with millennials mm. and a bit younger. Right. So they're following my stuff because of that. And that's why, but this is what I mean when I try to say I, I'm trying to balance who I am and what I want to you know, how much of me I want to put out there right. in the bartender area. I, under I understand. So yeah. if, I, if I may, so where can people find the cryptid bartender stuff? They can find it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, mostly Facebook. I did start, I know I'm getting people laughing at me, but I did start a TikTok for it because as far as I'm concerned, my phone was made in China. Right. Okay. If they want my information, they have it. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Well, you want to, you got to go to where the people are. Right. Well, right. that's exactly it. That's what exactly is, it. What is the handle? I'm trying to find it on the Twitter cryptid right bartender. Now. Pretty the, much all of them are the cryptid bartender. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So, um, but I'm hoping here's the thing with the cryptid bartender stuff. I have not been quiet that I am in some way anarchist or anti-government. Right. I, I have made that clear a few times mm. and I haven't, I've lost like maybe two followers from that big freaking mm. whoop, you know? Right. Right. So when I, and, but I, part of my, Thing. you know i do i do the drinks based off of cryptids aliens etc <laughs> but i tie in i those, love that <laughs> i tie in the conspiracy theories okay cool i you know for instance i recently recently just did one on mk ultra you know and my I'm favorite told, right i've done i've done mk ultra i've done bohemian grove i've done the skull and bone society and there's more you know, there's more there's so much more and I'm kind of hoping to get that out there and encourage like, guys, you need to look into this. You can't keep trusting your government. Mm. This is actual fact and you need to see it. Here's just a small bit of what happened. There are so the many, right. And then let them kind of find it themselves. This is exactly. a very fun project. I enjoy it because of course you can only lead people there. You can't, you can't shove the the pill down somebody's throat. Exactly. I'm not yeah. trying to full on just, sure. you know, read it. And I will, you know, I'm not trying to convert anybody straight up like that. I'm trying to just plant those little seeds of knowledge. So they go, huh, I need to look more into this. And then they initiate themselves to look more into it and go, oh my gosh, look at what they've done. This and this and this, look at this and look at that. Look at all the lies. Look at all the cover-ups. 
Well, MK and, Ultra, of course, isn't isn't a conspiracy theory. I mean, it, no, it's Bill not. Clinton ap- apologized for it. Errol Morris did a documentary about it. It's it's mainstream. We accept it. What what oh, is yeah. a conspiracy theory is this idea that all of these programs were shut down, right? When instead they were they were brought to scale. And, right. And we're I actually through, had multiple mm-hmm. people request. I did MK Ultra. Yeah. Like quite a few people. So I went ahead and finally did it, and. Gosh, that one was like, I always like to do a little bio piece with mm-hmm. every cocktail yeah. I do, you know, like a little history. Here's why I, I made the drink the way I did, et cetera. That one was hard to do because there was just so much. Mm, I'm like, right. how can I even sum this up? Like, so literally I copied and pasted some stuff and like quoted the source. I'm like, read into it. I beg you just read into it. Fantastic. I'm not going to give you the whole, the whole lesson. Yeah, no. Yeah, I love it. This is great. I'm looking at it right now. So what, <laughs> so it says it's a Collins glass. Mm-hmm half ounce Irish cream, one and a half ounces of loopy vodka. Yes. It's a vodka that straight up tastes like uh, Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles. Oh. (laughs) And club soda. All right. It's a take on a mind eraser, which is, yeah, it's uh, Kahlua regular vodka and club soda. So it's like that except with loopy vodka and Irish cream and the club soda. It actually legitimately tastes like you're just drinking like a somewhat spiked bowl of cereal too. I mean, <laughs> and if you were to do it right, you would tap it off, you would top it off with just a little tab of acid. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The mind I've actually, I've actually, my next one I, I have to photograph and do this week, actually speaking of acid, <laughs> is um, the machine elf. That's my. Ah, uh, yeah. The DMT, yeah. Uh, the DMT. Yes. Drink. Right. I've met the machine elves. They're real. <laughs> I had a UFO that land on my head too. One. That was another mm. requested one. I, it's, that'll, that'll be interesting. I, what are you going to, do you have any thoughts about what you're going to do for that? Yeah, I have it planned out. I just okay. have to actually photograph and get it posted. But I, I like, figured, you know, it's yeah. almost Christmas. Elves, it works. It counts, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, yeah, take a heroic dose and meet the machine elves. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> all right. That's so interesting. Uh, tonight, uh, I just it just so happens I'm going to be watching Eyes Wide Shut, and I'm going to do a tweet thread about it. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, people forget that, uh, that Eyes Wide Shut is a Christmas movie. I would love, and I, I don't know if you take requests, I'm just going to put it in. I would love for you to do something like, the, you know, the Kubrick moon landing or like Kubrick murder, you know, the idea that they killed him for making Eyes Wide Shut. Have you heard, of course, you've heard that theory? I believe so. I haven't yeah. really looked that much into it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's Eyes Wide Shut is basically like a here's here's Epstein and, and company uh, movie. I mean, it's straight up just pointing directly at it. It's not even subtle. Uh, you know, there's the weird man who's pimping out his daughter it, it, right there in the movie. And of course, it has all of these other little nods to MK Ultra, right? The mm-hmm. the um, you know, the, the place where he goes to get his costume is rainbow fashion. His wife's name is Alice. Uh, the two models at the beginning of the movie, he asks, where are we going? They, they say to where the rainbow ends. And of course, you start picking into the MK Ultra stuff. It's all this like weird Wizard of Oz. Alice I Wonderland. haven't seen that, but I'm going to yeah. have to. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I did watch the Epstein docuseries, actually. And mm. I mean, it was a, it was it was definitely, you know, uncomfortable to watch, of course. But I was a little disappointed with how much detail they left out in yeah. some areas, you know, because once, once he, once this whole thing came out, I was just researching like crazy, you know, who's involved and everything, and there was yeah. all these details that they just totally Incredible. didn't touch on. I'm like, no, I'm like, there's so much more he could have expanded, but they didn't do it. We were living in Manhattan when it happened, and really? uh, the yeah, and the uh, uh, that night that the power went out in Midtown, people were 
a few people were saying, oh, they're trying to kill, they're trying to kill Epstein. They're using that as cover. That was literally how much it was the talk of the town. And, uh, you know, the, this, this fellow I know who uh, is like a trader, and he actually worked as a, um, a uh, special effects guy with, with Kubrick on 2001. So this guy goes way back, very interesting character. The, he kept bringing up Les Wexner. And I don't know what mm-hmm. happened to Les Wexner, but Wexner is the, the fellow who basically gave Jeff uh, the house. And so there mm-hmm. he, and of course he's the owner of Victoria's Secret. I mean, it just goes right, so far. Right. And he had to retire or he had to like step down and all of this craziness. That would be a good drink though, would be the, the Epstein didn't kill himself. I've been trying to, I've, okay. that's been in the works. I'm just, actually I did one of my very first podcast spots was on uh, Trent Must Talk and we just kind of goofed off and came up with a bullshit recipe for one with like a little Twizzlers rope uh, noose <laughs> and all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of crap but Perfect. but yeah i know i've been trying to think of one i've just i've been a little stumped on it Oof, i mean that could get really dark really fast uh well this is a really fun project so tell me a little more about the the genesis of it when did you when did you begin bartending <laughs> what's the well, story funny there? enough i only started bartending last year oh um yeah no i uh basically i took we have a local bartending academy for it and i wanted mm-hmm. to get into bartending i figured it'd just be a little easier if I got my foot in the door and, you know, went to the school first to see if I liked it at the very least. And I, I took to it really quickly. Um, you know, I have years of experience with, uh, baking and food art and everything. So it was just kind of easy for me to remember recipes. I'm good with customers, you know? And so I just, I took to it really, really quickly. And, uh, I got a job not too long afterwards in, in bartending. And so with the cryptid bartender, I wanted something to stand out when I was on the job market. And Mm. I knew I could kind of create my own recipes, but I was kind of trying to figure something else out I could like actually put on a resume, you know? Mm -hmm. A friend of mine uh, messaged me out of the blue and sent me a link to a shirt that just had like cryptid print all over it. And she said, you need to make the cryptid bartender a thing. That was all she said. And I'm like, the hell does that mean? You know, but I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I guess I could kind of do something and create the recipes like I want to, but make them all based off of this and maybe expand on that, make that a social media thing. So I kind of toyed around with that. I came up with like two different recipes. One was Spring Hill Jack, one was El Chupacabra. And I put them up and it actually took off pretty good. Like I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, okay, I can keep doing this. And so I kind of kept expanding and, um, four months, a couple of months after I started doing that, I was already at, oh, I don't know. I think I was about, I think I was a little over 700 followers within a couple of months. Yeah. And I put that on my resume and cause a lot of, some of our places here, they won't even hire you as a bartender unless you have social media following in regards wow. to your bartending. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I did that and I had my, um, job interview at the Academy that I learned from and that helped me get hired cool. because I was so invested in the work. So within four months of learning bartending, I was also teaching bartending. I wasn't hmm. allowed to tell my students that, but, but yeah. Um, so then I, I, I would, we'd had like a meet the, uh, meet the, meet the employees kind of thing there. And she let me put my, my, my cryptid bartender stuff on the info piece and all. And so that got more followers and a little, it's been a little over a year and, um, I am just under 9,000 followers on the Facebook alone. That's, that's fantastic. Nice job. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, and then there was more, you know, spread through the other social media. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to make a book at some point. 
That's also in the works. I get a lot of people requesting that. I did a poll not too long ago on Instagram asking who would be interested in helping with a Kickstarter for one. And I had mm-hmm. a pretty good um, amount of people saying that they were interested. So I'm thinking 2021, that's going to be one of my main focuses is getting the physical uh, recipe book out there, or at least part one, because there's still so many I'm working on all the time. So you know, this is literally going to be the first part of a series more than like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great idea. I mean, and with the book, you could do little bits and bobs about the, the cryptid mm-hmm. in question too, of course, right? exactly. or, the, or the, the myth or whatever, right? Or do, you, or do you think you're going to write those yourselves or do you think you're going to collaborate oh, yeah. with someone? Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I write them myself for, the, for when I put them on Facebook and Instagram and everything anyway, you know? So yeah, I'll just write all that, all that myself. Um, might even take the photos myself if I can figure it out. Well, you know, I've got a, I've got a little bit of history in photography too, actually, because again, too many hobbies. And uh, yeah, so that's that's in the works as well as YouTube channel. I'm trying to get that up and running. I have it started. I just only have one video on there and it was a rush job interview video. So I mean, this, yeah. this to me seems like such an obvious uh, travelogue show, right? You could be, you know, on the Food Network or whatnot. But it's, I always it's say how and yeah, right. I always so say obvious. how great would it be if we had like tag team Harley Sweat and Guy Fieri? How cool does that sound? And we can right. like right, we can go everywhere together and be best friends. I mean, look at <laughs> look at uh, hey, you know, Guy Fieri if you're out there. But I, I seriously, I mean, look at look at what Bourdain made out of his show, right? Uh, and he would bring on someone every episode. So I mean, you could do. Uh, this is, I don't want to turn this into a production meeting, but I mean, you could turn this into, you know, you go do a pilot episode about the Chupacabra, right? You find a few people, you get a camera crew, you go down there, you make a pilot episode. Uh, every episode ends with you making the drink and, and there you go. I, I love I, that I, idea. I, I would right, watch that It'd be show. a lot of fun. I, I want to get my foot in the door with doing, uh, once I get more of a following, mm-hmm. also doing like Comic-Con type stuff, yeah. potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, like here, the Tucson one, they'll, as long as you're somehow relevant to geekiness, whatever, in some way, you can pretty much get a panel, you know? Sure. (laughs) And um, so I figure after a bit, you know, I can, this year's was canceled, you know, but because of COVID, but Mm -hmm. if it's running next year, hopefully by then I'll have books, I'll have um, more of a following and I can maybe do something in that regard. And just, I mean, there's, there is a lot of potential and it is growing constantly. So there's no reason for me to stop right now. Sure. No, it's, it's a brilliant idea. I mean, build your audience, get that platform and then go to a publisher and and, and tell a publisher that, I mean, that's something that could sell. They could sell that for sure. This stuff is hot. People love this stuff. Sometimes it can be really dour and depressing, especially this year, because I think a lot of like our kind of people, uh, let's just say liberty minded people, um, Uh are just pointing around at everything and going, we told you so, we told you so, we told you so, we told you so. Uh, this has been coming and I think normies are kind of shell shocked. They just can't. Oh, yeah. Right. Or they're bootlicking. Uh, they're just really excited for all the new rules. They love it. Yeah. Uh, these are the people who just want school to go on forever. We just never get out of, out of school. You elect the principal as the governor, the governor is the principal, and you're just in one big, uh, right. if, you're, if you're poor, you're, you're, it's an open air prison. If you have a little money, it's more like a public school. If you have a lot of money, it's more like a posh private school, but it's still right. school. You have these yeah. rules, you have these parameters, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm Bueller. I want the day off. 
Uh, <laughs> right. right. But I, but I, people are into this stuff. Even normies, uh, you know, you can, you just say Chupacabra and people light up, right? Like every, you have oh, the, yeah, I want yeah. to believe and everybody knows the X-Files. I mean, that was a huge hit. We, we wouldn't, television wouldn't be the way it is, by the way, if it weren't for the X-Files. The X-Files was a really, really big breakout that show. Is my, my, my son's middle name is after Fox Mulder. Like I, uh, <laughs> die hard, die hard fan. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, exactly. There's just no reason for me to stop right now. And I mean, I, I had to kind of take a hiatus a couple of times just because, you know, I mean, it, it takes money to do this, to get the mm. ingredients and try them. I mean, people say, right. people ask me like, wait, you actually make them and try them? Oh, I'm putting up photos. Of course I make them. And try, you know, I was, so I don't know why they asked that, but I mean, yeah, I put efforts into this. It's not something mm -hmm. I'm just doing willy nilly for the photos. It's something, you know, I'm trying to create quality stuff that have people coming back for more and actually like, hey, wait a minute, she actually makes really good stuff. She gives a little history lesson here, science lesson, whatever. You know, I mean, it's, there's so well, much to work with. And these, these cryptid stories are, of course, they're conspiracy adjacent. They are kind yes. of conspiracy world. Uh, but oh, there yes, are there are modern campfire stories, and we're just sitting around the light of Zoom and Twitter and Facebook telling these stories. And there's some truth to these stories. Yeah. Uh, and not everything is is wingnut. Some of it is fun and weird, right? Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, I like it. I think this is a very very cool thing that you're building. I would like to make one more request. Yes. I would love for there to be a killdozer drink. If you could do a, <laughs> the killdozer, right? it could be maybe I mean, like. I could figure something out like a variation on a moscow mule something do you know i don't want to tell you how to do it but i, I think that would be great you could call it the marv i do i, I do different mules all that's actually kind of one of my fallbacks if i'm just feeling really lazy i'll like just come up with some kind of on the fly mule like one of my favorites i discovered actually what did i use i used i mean obviously the ginger beer but then i put in um it was strawberry something it was like what was it, it was strawberry it was strawberry rose gin i think mm, mm. and then i added like an extra like rose and chamomile like syrup or something like that so it was like really floral within the ginger and, and balanced with that tartness and spicy and sweet that was like one of my favorite things and yeah I, i'm always goofing around with mules That's, i love them mm, yeah what do you think it is about all this stuff that appeals to people you, you were sort of telling your own personal story you got really deep into this stuff. I imagine. Did you did you go off to college or did you did you what did you do after? No, you left home? Um, no, I didn't go to college. I wanted to attend college actually for astrobiology. I wanted to major in that. Yeah, I wanted wow. to major in that, but I knew realistically it was not going to make a whole lot of sense. It's not a very high demand job. It takes right. tons of money because there are so many core requisites and prerequisites to go with it. And I knew more than likely it would be government funded. Mm. So while I wanted to have a career in that, I didn't really feel comfortable likely setting myself up in debt and likely getting paid through taxpayer money. Mm. So mm. I just decided to kind of say, screw college. I'm not going to go through the debt. And I took up, you know, for a while I was, you know, stay at home mom and I was just making small cash from home. And then once my kids were old enough, I'm like, screw it. I'll just get back into work and I'll do bartending. And that worked out pretty good cool. until, you know, COVID. <laughs> right, right. Well, it'll come back online. And it seems like you're yeah. doing, you're, you're not sitting on your hands as this happens. Uh, and I, I think this story of you building this, this, this brand that, that's turning into something quite big, uh, you know, in its own way, uh, is a good example. 
I think I think people can probably learn from that. I'm gonna after we're done, I'm gonna sit and think about that and what that what that means. Uh, it's interesting because of course you if you walk into a, a bar and maybe you have a little experience, but you don't have any social media following. The person mm-hmm. who shows up with some experience and the social media following is gonna stand out. Oh yeah, no, that's exactly it. And like I said, we do have some places around here that will not hire you unless you have social media following because that's how you're gonna get customers to come in. Right. So. Um, yeah, there's a couple of places in particular, people are always telling me I need to go apply for there, but I don't really want to take the risk of trying for a new job when things are so uncertain right now. Lockdowns mm-hmm. are back and forth and iffy and the curfews and all. It's like, eh, I have a job right now that, you know, is helping. So I'll wait a little while, but yeah, that's very much a thing. They need people to be drawn and come in. Mm-hmm. So eventually I'm sure I'll find some kind of like dive bar or something where I can advertise myself and be like, Hey, I'm here on this night and have people come in. Oh, but... that'll be amazing. It'll be like Wednesday. <laughs> it'll be cryptid night. Exactly. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 What is, uh, and where again in Arizona are you? Do you mind my asking? Tucson. Tucson. How far yeah. is that from uh, Doug Stanhope and company down in Bisbee? Is it close to Bisbee? Bisbee? Um, I haven't personally been to Bisbee. I think it's like an hour and a half ish or so. Yeah. Away. Yeah. 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 Stanhope and his people are down there. He's a great comedian. I don't know how much. Yeah, you know I still him, haven't but... been there. Funny enough. Oh. I, I don't know how I haven't been there yet, but I have not been there yet. How did you end up in, in Arizona? So you're in Sacramento and then mm-hmm. you, you find your way to Arizona. What's that my, story? My step family. Actually. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, I moved here. So then we moved there. We wanted to get out of California, period. And so people were moved. They were all moving to Arizona. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we'll move to Arizona. Right. Yeah. We were just down in Austin. And I mean, it's, you know, it, it is the capital of Texas, but it is increasingly beginning to look like, uh, like California. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's no way around it. It's just, and now Oracle is moving there. All these tech companies are moving there. So it's, it's crazy because when I moved there for, for grad school a number of years ago, everybody said, ah, Austin's nothing like it used to be. And now seven years later, it's like, it's doubly so all these high rises oh, yeah. and tech and everything. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you were bartending, where were you bartending? Is, was there a specific place that you were, you were at? Do you still have that job or is it? It's the same job. So I don't really like to give out the exact location, okay, sure. you know, but yeah, yeah, it's the same place. But eventually you're going to, you're going to, like you say, you're going to find the dive bar and you're going to turn this into a big thing. That's so nice right. because then you, then your, your job becomes this kind of meta thing where you're not just clocking in and, uh, you know, it seems like you really probably yeah, enjoy it. That's, that's exactly it. Cause I mean, like, I appreciate my job. I love my coworkers. I love my management. They're all wonderful. I've never had an issue with them. They've always got my back and they're really flexible with my needs and everything. So I, I greatly appreciate that. But, and everybody, everybody there agrees with this. It's just too corporate. I yeah. don't have the freedom to be able to, I've had people come in, Hey, what's it? What's a cocktail that, that you make? that I can't get anywhere else. Well, I have tons, but unfortunately I can't serve them to you because corporate rules, you know? Right, because you have so, the, whatever the point of sale machine and exactly. the, the killdozer wouldn't fit into the point of, sh- point of sale yes. machine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just can't do it. So mm. eventually, yeah, I would like some place where I can use my creative freedom better. But right now, right now I'm just, you know, staying low key and I'm building this up instead. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I'll get known and some employer is going to go, Oh my God, I want you to work for me. And then there we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, I think it's brilliant. I'm looking at your Facebook right now. Is there a mug that says, I don't believe in humans? Yes. I made that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is great. This is good stuff. So it seems like Facebook is kind of the place to go though. You're on Twitter here, uh, you know, with this too. Yeah, Not, that is yeah. definitely the main place. Cause I can just post anything there, you know, like Instagram, I can only do photos. Twitter, I can do, I can only do so many characters. And so usually I end up linking it to the Instagram instead, mm-hmm. you know, and 
So Facebook, I can put on whatever, mm. link anything, say whatever I, I want on there. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the main place. I imagine you have some, some favorite conspiracy podcasts. <laughs> are there any that are top of mind? You know, I, I, to be honest, I don't really listen to a whole lot of podcasts. Oh, really? I'm usually, like, yeah, I'm usually yeah. busy working and I have cool. two small children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. What are, what are their ages? How old are they? They're seven and eight. So, oh, oh, for yeah. some reason I thought that they were older. You, you said, you know, when they're, but I see what you mean. Yeah, we just had a baby. So it's, it's just full blown baby mode. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> so you, you have the one who's named after uh, Fox Mulder. Yeah. <laughs> are there any more funny, funny name stories? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's like my daughter's middle name, which mm. we kind of, her dad and I chose to uh, use Jade on that mm. because it's a family middle name or a tradition to use a middle name, Jode. And we didn't, mm. you know, and so we had a backup boy and backup girl named, you know, because I mean, they thought I was right. going to be a boy. So just in case, you know, sure. and they were, his parents were constantly like, you got to use Jode, you got to use Jode. And I'm like, okay, I'm not using Jode right, because it right. sounds like Chode. <laughs> and he didn't know what chode was. He didn't know oh, what no. chode was. Really? I had to explain to him what uh, a chode was. Geez, all right. And so I told him and he goes, okay, yeah, we are never using Jode. So I'm like, if we like use Jade, then we can say, yeah, it's a feminine version. And mm. then we have an excuse to never use Jode. And then everyone's, <laughs> so everyone's satisfied in the family. Everybody gets what they need out of it. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's brilliant that you're able to do this and build this as you're raising children. That's a, that's an accomplishment. It's not easy. You know with, what? Uh, they, yeah. My kids actually love watching it. My son actually oh, gets bet. involved. Um, he actually has his own mocktail recipes on my page as well. Oh, cool. And so, yeah. So he brainstorms his own alcoholic free ones and the flavors that he wants to do and everything. Cause he wants to be a chef when he grows up and he wants to have, he has this big vision of like mm. a mostly self-sustained allergy sensitive restaurant because he he can't have wheat so mm, that's uh -huh. a big deal to him uh -huh. and he wants like a farm with it you know he wants like a music venue venue he wants a a little shop where handmade uh, sellers can sell their stuff in there like he has these big big goals so he comes up with like his own little menus and he tries to come up with his own recipes that he can have for this restaurant that he's had in his head since he was like three mm. <laughs> and um so he comes up with the mocktail recipes the alcoholic free stuff and um, within, sometimes when he, when he has one tried and true and tested, then I'll take photos and I'll put them up for him. Awesome. <laughs> well, there, once you have a book, I'm definitely going to be interested in that. I like the logo and everything. The brand is really fun and, and kind of uh, funky. What is, uh, do you have a favorite cryptid? Is there one that you just love that maybe people don't know about? <laughs> okay, so it, it, in, in uh, regards to ones people don't usually know about, there is one that there's not a whole lot of reports about it. It's, I guess, kind of an, an obscure, um, I believe it's a Romani one, mm -hmm. and it's vampire watermelons or gourds. And I guess, like, if you leave them outside during, like, with, like, the full moon and some other thing go on on they turn into these like vampire like fruits and vegetables but the thing is they wow. can't actually do anything to you they don't oh. have mouths they don't have anything they literally just roll around and grunt and kind of bump into you <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> and it's so it's so obscure and so pointless that just for that reason alone it's one of my favorites because it's like why <laughs> you know i love this no you're right <laughs> i just i just looked this up and i you can find on Wikipedia, vampire pumpkins and watermelons yep. from the Balkans. 
Wow. Associated with the Romani. Wow. Van- okay. The belief in vampire fruit is similar to the belief that any inanimate object left outside during the night of the full moon will become a vampire. <laughs> One of the main indications that a pumpkin or melon is about to undergo a vampiric transformation or has just completed one, it's said to be the appearance of a drop of blood on its skin. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, but it can't, they can't do anything to you. That's the best part. Right. They can't actually hurt you. <laughs> Vampire vegetables. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is so interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Ah, <laughs> then the gathered pumpkins stir all by themselves and make a sound like burl, 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 and begin <laughs> to shake themselves. <laughs> These pumpkins and melons go round the houses, stables, and rooms at night all by themselves and do harm to people. But it is thought that they cannot do great damage to folks, so people are not very afraid of this kind of vampire. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna hurt your ankle if you're like, if you stumble one on, you know, rolls at you and you trip or something. But like, what else is it gonna do? It's a watermelon. It's a pumpkin. You know? Yeah, it's a watermelon that comes to life and kind of rolls around is so amusing. Exactly. It's just like weird little stories to stare, scare kids, like to stay inside, mm-hmm. right? Just stay inside. <laughs> you don't want the pumpkin watermelon. I love how uh, ethnographers and people they take it so seriously. This stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, some old woman just basically just wants to get a nap in and doesn't want the kids <laughs> to run around outside, so she's made up some story, and right? then everybody figures it works because it scares the kids to death. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what half of this is. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know who has um, an interesting book on UFOs that I, I peeked at at one point was Jung. Jung had some some theories about UF, UFOs and sort of relating them to angels and where they mm. where they live in terms of our, our psychic space. Uh, I think that kind of stuff is, is very interesting. There's a lot of it heavy, is interesting. Yeah. Heavy scholarship on this. I think people hear the the phrase you you know, UFO and they go, ah, just just nonsense. But it's well well hell, this year they announced that UFOs exist. The Pentagon released I mean, am Which I wrong? Really what was the story weird there? To me. Yeah. Like like we know that they acknowledge I mean, that's what like, you know, Operation Paper or Project Blue Book, Operation Paperclip, all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, there it's already been kinda out there. So I thought it was really odd when they were like, Yeah, we believe they're out there. Like, yeah, I, I know that. Like you you kind of already acknowledge that. You just hit it so many times that it doesn't change that you've already openly said it over and over again in the past, you know? So I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird when that happened. Maybe, maybe that's why the reaction, the reaction wasn't more intense. Like I think a lot of people just, everybody was like, (laughs) yeah, well, that doesn't surprise us at all. Right. Yeah. It was a very underwhelming reaction and and deservedly so. One of the things that I like about this stuff is that you're sort of not supposed to talk about it in polite society. It's like sort of considered whatever, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's de classe or something like that, uh, but I love it. I think I think it's wonderful. It's very these are these are sort of like working class, middle class folk tales, uh, yeah. and whether there's some truth to them or not, they're fun. This stuff yes. is fascinating to think about. Yes. Uh, people are really into Bigfoot. Bigfoot still. I've ne- I don't understand. I've never understood stood the Bigfoot thing, but. Explain the big Bigfoot thing to me. I mean, that's that's the obvious cryptid everybody knows I, about. I guess just because it had that one video and it confused people for so long, you know? Yeah. And so people started digging more and more into it. And then there was all, like, a lot of different Native American cultures have mm. their own tales of a very similar creature, which is kind of, like, sparked the, you know, wait, maybe it really is real. Because if they've been talking about it this long, then there had to be something. And so it just kind of kept fueling that fire. Mm. that possibility of maybe it's legit kind of like the yeti actually Mm. there's so much 
like maybe evidence that comes out, you know, and you know, like hairs that don't match another a, a creature that we know of, mm. or um, people, you know, footprints or weird sounds or or oddly mauled uh, animals like like you know uh, yak and such, you know. So it's just enough to keep that wonder alive, and that's what keeps it so popular. Mm. Right, the idea that maybe in the woods one day you take a hike and you just don't know. Yeah. And it, and it, and it yeah. fills your imagination. I'm on the list of cryptids right now and I just saw the Kraken, which be- became a kind of a meme recently, didn't it? Release the Kraken. Yeah, I didn't even, kind of. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter, but that was sort of politi- a political thing. I never got to the bottom of that. That was one of those things I spent like 48 hours off Twitter and I came back and everybody was talking about releasing right, the Kraken. Right, all of a sudden everybody's using it. And I'm like, Where, when did this start? <laughs> right. Well, it was I mean, this, the thing with the carp recently. I don't even what? know. There was something with a carp that went around. We may be following different people. That, 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 oh gosh, the Frogweiler thing. Have you seen the Frogweiler thing going no, on? No, what is that? I don't even freaking know. It's this Photoshop of a frog's head on a Rottweiler. And it's been, it was in my feed for like a week straight. And I'm like, what's going on? What all it takes is one really autistic person to start retweeting. And then your whole reality changes. And that dumb bird website. And then you look up and the, the world outside they don't know anything about twitter your your neighbors and your relatives they don't care but but you're on it you know eight hours a day and you have this certain idea that the world works uh, yeah Mm -hmm. i'm like one of the last people to learn what any of these trends mean too so like i'll just wake up everybody's already all over it and i'm like what's going on what are you talking about and i just kind of like stay out of it because i'm like i don't even know what's happening y'all just have your fun just I follow a number of people in the UK and uh, I do sort of enjoy if you're up late and it's like one in the morning and you're just sort of doom scrolling and then suddenly you start seeing them wake up and they they start to tweet about whatever's going on over there. And so you have that, this weird window where it's like a four or five hours of Brit Twitter, Britter. uh, And then the Americans come online and it becomes, you know, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're having problems right now. Did you see all the, the footage of people trying to flee London oh, gosh, because no. of the lockdown? I, I, I honestly have not really been watching as much lately because I've been so busy ca- catching up with like custom orders and stuff, you know, holiday mm. rush. So I, a lot of stuff that's been happening. I don't even know what's been going Cust- on. Custom orders for what? Uh, mostly my punch, the punch government, in the dick shirts. And some wood chipper ones. Okay, right. So I should have wore my wood chipper shirt. I didn't. Instead, <laughs> I opted for the classic, uh, you know, uh, join yes. or die. Don't tread on I you. make rolling trays with that image, but they say toke or die instead. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Right. So you made a wood chipper shirt uh, to order uh, yes. for me. And uh, where can people find these, find these shirts and things? Um, honestly, just go to me directly through my rebel scum hand handle because I don't, most of my shirts end up getting banned from Etsy. Mm. So <laughs> I, uh, I just have people go to me directly. I just kind of put them up on Twitter and go, Hey, I'm making these. And then, then people go, Hey, I want one. And then they message me. So you, you're doing like screen printing. Is that what that is? No, it's, it's uh, vinyl actually heat transfer vinyl. Okay. So I cut them all out individually and put them all on by hand and everything. When did you start doing that? Oh gosh. Only like two months ago, three months wow. ago. Yeah, yeah, you've got a lot of things going on. I like this year because you're not one of these people who's sitting around moping about lockdown. I don't have time good. to mope. <laughs> I think I got time to mope. I don't no have mope. The um, so <laughs> no the mope uh, <laughs> no mope November. I so you're making these custom shirts. So you have one that says "Punch Government in the Dick." Yes, that's good. 
Yeah. I, I well, what happened, I got a surge of sales for that one because uh, um, AOC put up those shirts in her shop that mm. said like tax the rich and Green New Deal for like 65 bucks each. Yeah. So I made a post that said you can either fund AOC, fund a politician and spend 65 bucks on a freaking shirt right. or you can support a hardworking mom and buy a punch of government in the dick shirt for 25 bucks. And that blew up. I bet. <laughs> Wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of sales over that week. It, it lasted for like three, four days. People were coming in and asking for shirts. So nice. yeah, I have had a very busy couple of weeks. Is that, that's, is that your top seller? Um, you know what? That, that it wasn't until then. I'd say the top mm. seller is actually the wood chipper one. Yeah. The wood chipper one's really fun. Uh, yeah. wood chipper goes burr. Do you, uh, uh, so you take custom custom requests. What is it? What does it cost to, to get like a custom? I just, I charge them all just 25 the, bucks. The even. Okay. Yeah. Unless, the only that sometimes they might fluctuate in price a little bit if I have to do like a plus size shirt that's just more expensive or if, or if they want a specific color that's harder to find sure, and so sure. it's a little more expensive but in general they're just 25 bucks shift wow well i like that i you know i may ask you to make me a custom killdozer shirt for uh for killdozer day next year i'm trying to find a good image that i can use for it actually because i get killdozer requests pretty often so. i'm sure yeah <laughs> you might have to have somebody do a drawing for you or something exactly. do, do you draw yourself you don't draw yourself I can't draw for crap. <laughs> I, that's why I come up with so many phrases and all because you know those I can whip up, but actual drawing myself. Mm, I all right. Draw. Well, we're winding down here. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. What is the? So, I mean, what's next for Cryptid Bartender? What's what's coming? What are your plans? Um, next, I'm trying to focus more on the YouTube. Like I said, I have the YouTube channel started. I have only got one video on there because it was a whole rush job. I had. Uh, representatives from the Lake Champlain Monster Festival reach out to me in August and asked okay. me to do a custom drink for that and a video so they could do like a custom like feature dealio cool. for it. And, but I only had like two weeks to come up with the recipe, test it, film it, edit it, everything. So mm. it was really baby's first video, but it's up there. Um, so yeah, it is on, it is on YouTube, but I, I need to put more focus into doing that. And it's going to be uh, tutorials for my own, recipes along with more informational bio pieces and all on them. It's going to be like bartending tips and tricks, uh, maybe some kind of like debunking myths, just more informational pieces, et cetera. It's going to be kind of a mix of, of cryptid and bartending related stuff. So that's in the works. And um, I'm trying to, I'm actually going to be opening up a separate Etsy probably specifically for cryptid related stuff. Cause I don't, like I said, I don't really want to mix my personal stuff with right. Cryptid Bartender. Sure. So I can make more strictly UFO, et cetera, type stuff and offer it that way and advertise it through my bartender page and hopefully help fund that a little better. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be looking into an actual physical recipe book pretty soon. Probably going to do Amazon self-publishing because that's that's what everybody keeps telling me is best. So yeah, that's that's kind of all in the brainstorm works right now. Well, don't forget your friends when the Food Network, the Travel <laughs> Network, when the History Channel, when they start calling and you get your show, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a great idea. That is a show that I would watch if every every episode you it's went in. It's a lot and, of fun. Oh it's, my God. I, I, that's, yeah. what, that's what keeps me going with it is that it's, there's just so much to learn from it. And even as much as I've been studying all this, I'm still learning something new because there's always new debunks new evidence etc new you know right. there's always more coming out yeah so you, you just can't know it all because there's, there's always something 
more. There's no bottom to this, uh, this really bottle, isn't. right? You, you know, I mean, you yeah. could go and you go do the classics, right? You, you, you go do Loch Ness, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go do something really obscure and weird. Exactly. I try yeah. to balance that pretty well. Yeah. Well, Harley, this is a lot of fun. And again, people can find you. I, I was poking around. If you just search for the Cryptid Bartender Facebook, that has a lot of content and then you can kind of find everything else. So anything else you want to want to tell people? Anything else you want to plug? Um, not so much. I mean, if you do, if you are more uh, freedom minded and you're looking for merch and again, supporting a mother of two, then by all means, check out my Etsy as well as Rebel Scum Handmade, because that's also a pun on my you know, hand, handmade. Yay, puns. I'm good at puns. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I've already pretty much plugged everything. Awesome. All right, Harley. Well, uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you for coming on. I'm Kevin Kautzman. This is the Get This Podcast. You can find us at getthispodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. All right, Harley. Peace. I'll see you on the Dumbberg website. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care. Thank you.